0: The 50-year drought is over. The Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champs once again, rallying late for a 31-20 comeback over the 49ers. We break down the game with the host of Gangs All Here, Brian Costello from Miami. Jake Brown has the betting and bad beats covered from the big game down at the Borgata Sportsbook in Atlantic City with their race and sportsbook director, Tom Gable. All that and more next on a joint Blue Rush meets Gangs All Here podcast with the New York Post. Welcome to our joint Blue Rush Gangs All Here podcast with the New York Post. Make sure to subscribe to both shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Rate us five stars. Write a nice review, would you? Gangs All Here host and Jets beat writer Brian Costello joins us live from Miami to react to Super Bowl 54. Our producer Jake Brown is live from the Borgata in Atlantic City. A programming note quickly before we get into the big game. Both the Blue Rush Giants podcast and Gangs All Here Jets podcast. We'll return the week of March 9th to preview NFL free agency. We'll bring you two post-free agency episodes, as well as after the signing period begins on March 18th. Now let's talk Super Bowl 54, baby. Jimmy Fela in the house here in New York. We're going to be joined shortly from Brian Costello, who is down in Miami. But jumping on now from the Borgata Race and Sportsbook in Atlantic City, it is producer Jake Brown. What a game, man.
1: What a game, man! And what an experience watching
0: here at the Borgata. I mean, just people from the coin
1: tossed on, just degenerate central. I mean, as soon as tails hit, you just heard people screaming. And
0: uh, the uh, did the best bet come in the over under thirty five beers for Jake Brown? Uh,
1: it did hit the under. It came close, but uh, I am alive here on Monday morning and. Jimmy, what a game. I mean, I was sitting next to a guy who's like, oh, it's over. The Niners win. And then the Chiefs just go on and run. You didn't even remember that they were down 10 in the fourth quarter. And they just started scoring electric.
0: This win last night was so emblematic of their entire playoff run, coming back against the Texans, coming back against the Titans. When momentum swings with this team, it really is a sight to behold and last night I mean I think a lot of people had left the Chiefs for dead down 20 to 10 they've got a long third down and you just see a flippant bomb from Patrick Mahomes that gets them right back into the game and that that was the game that completion into the red zone is what turned the whole game I mean a lot of people are going to kill Kyle Shanahan and I think rightfully so there's some very questionable coaching calls but the story uh, from this game and from the entire playoff run is when the Chiefs get hot man there is no stopping them,
1: and they did it better late than never, Jimmy is what they say, and good for Andy Reid finally winning a Super Bowl. But how about we talk about Kyle Shanahan? He uh, deserves a lot of blame. What the hell is he doing to end that first half where he just leaves timeouts on the board and decides to go in the half satisfied with a tie? I mean, yeah. get get over yourself, man. You got two timeouts you could have used. They could have stopped the clock with 1:20 left and oh. had two timeouts, and instead he's like, oh, no, we're satisfied. We'll run it a couple times.
0: Um, can I ask, did Kyle Shanahan have 0 in his Super Bowl box? Like, what happened? Well, no, I, I
1: think he, what he had was the those nightmares for two weeks of not running the ball and not using the clock. Hey, Kyle, the end of the first half is not the time to do that. You should have done that in the second half with the Falcons. So he's been – He's been screwed over twice, Jimmy, by time management. He's like the Herm Edwards of the Super Bowl right now.
0: Well, that being said, okay, and, and I had obviously my misgivings with their strategy down the stretch when there's nine minutes on the clock, you're still up by 10 points, and they're trying to move the ball as opposed to run a little bit of clock. But when they were down 24-20, okay, and they had the deep bomb from Garoppolo where he just overthrew Sanders, I mean, that that's a play that if Jimmy G makes it, The Niners are up 27-24. So for all the grief we're giving Shanahan, and he deserves it, let's be very clear, it was still a winnable game. As lopsided as the final score now looks because of the swing, Jimmy G hits that bomb. Uh, You saw the entire 49ers sideline there. Uh, It's a different game. That's a a classic case of, you know, they always say, Jake, we're always betting the quarterbacks in this league. And, And when the money was on the table, Mahomes made the throws. Jimmy G did not.
1: Yeah, Jimmy G collapsed in the end of the game, and he was good. He had a stretch. He was fine. He he was consistent. He was like 18 for 22 at one point. He wasn't making mistakes. Listen, Pat Mahomes made through two picks and still won MVP, and that's something I'll talk with Kaz about. But, uh, but Jimmy, I, I didn't think he was MVP. I thought Damian Williams – was the clear-cut MVP of this game. Guy got absolutely hosed. And listen, it's a quarterback league, and and Mahomes is the sexy name, and, and he did have the final drives down the stretch to get them there. But without Damian Williams, the Chiefs aren't winning that football game.
0: No, nah, no, no question. But I think if we could all agree, if we were giving out an MVP award, it probably should have been shared by J. Lo and Shakira. No. oh, my god.
1: I, I, I <laughs> tweeted, if if you said anything negative about that, your life is miserable, and your opinion is irrelevant because they my, their hips were not lying. Those booties were shaking. And it was an iconic duo of Latino women in, in a city that's made up of beautiful Latino women in Miami and South Beach. It was amazing.
0: Now, listen, Jake Brown, uh, it is worth pointing out that their hips don't lie, but their lips did lie. There was some lip syncing going on, but it was like, at what point? Who cares? That was a spectacle. Uh, I cannot, I, I would normally deduct points for lip syncing. In that instance, I cannot. That was a spectacle. There's
1: too much booty to go around to, to, to deduct points for that. But listen, I mean, Let's get loud, baby. The game got loud. Let's get loud was one of my anthems, but it got loud after that moment, and it seems like Shakira and JLo ignited both offenses because the second half was far more entertaining than the first half.
0: Yeah, it made a lot of people think they had a shot at the over down the stretch oh there. Oh,
1: my goodness, bro. It, it, listen <laughs> to this. I mean, I the amount of bad beats I had – I mean, Scott Van Pelt should be doing a segment on SportsCenter with my bad beat. And Samantha Praviti's here with me. Sam, you you know how close I came a couple of yards away, and you saw some of my uh, reactions to uh, the madness. I saw the life literally slip out of Jake's eyes. I mean, it was that bad. I think, is that the worst beat you've ever taken when he took that knee? Beat. I mean, beat. Oh, yeah, so Patrick Mahomes, Jimmy, had 44 rushing yards, the over 32-and-a-half. He went backwards 15 yards on those three kneels to hit the under. And on top of that, I thought it was 28-and-a-half because that's what the the book had, but it changed to 32-and-a-half because of people, everyone. That was the highest over prop of all the props, I believe, and if it was 28-and-a-half, wow. it would have hit because he ended with 29. And, Ouch. again, Vegas and the Borgata, they always get it right with the numbers.
0: So you're, you're telling me Andy Reid is a little more jubilant than Jake Brown this morning.
1: Let's. Oh, and how about this quote that Andy Reid said, by the way? Quote of the century. He said yeah. at this morning's press conference, I didn't spend the night with the trophy. I spent it with my trophy. Wife, wow,
0: oh, Andy. You know, I'm gonna tell you, Andy is a married guy. You won the Super Bowl. You don't have to kiss butts anymore, Andy. Oh, uh,
1: he he might have his butt literally kissed last night. Oh uh,
0: man, with Vince he, Lombardi he, trophy on his right, and his trophy wife on the left. That's that's the that's the Atlantic City talking, man. The Borgato get you get you frisky. By the way. How nice. Did you, I know this was your maiden voyage to the Borgata? How nice is that place, the huh? Borgata
1: is by far the best. Uh, pl- I've been to a couple others, Tropicana, a couple others. It yeah. blows the others out the window. I mean, it's clean, the food is incredible. I yeah, mean, it is. shout out to Borgata. I mean, we had maybe some of the best meals I've ever ate in my life. Uh, and Sam, Sam's fantasy here. She's a, she's a world traveler, so she's eating the tartars and tuna tartars around the globe. Mm-hmm. But for me, this is my vacation and it was uh, you know, it was the food's good the blackjack uh-huh. treated me well to make up for all my bad beats so uh <laughs> definitely an incredible time jake was absolutely glued to those blackjack tables yeah, the blackjack i mean i was worried now. about him <laughs> but, but what i did jimmy which was which was key is i moved around i when, when i was up a little bit i would stop and go elsewhere i would I'd come back later in the day to the point i went up i think for the weekend i was up around 500 uh and you know oh, I, I, yeah not bad so uh yeah. it was a good a successful weekend
0: You're running a run-and-shoot offense at the blackjack table. I am impressed. Well, listen, man, I think the big story, the big takeaway will be uh, obviously, the 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 gallant performance by Mahomes down the stretch. And uh, you got to be happy for Andy Reid, no matter who you are, because the guy, you know, fairly or unfairly would have been defined by not having won a Super Bowl. And uh, it's a new world for him. And it's a new world for the Chiefs franchise, because let's not forget how many iconic coaches had this moment and blew it in AFC title games. Talking about guys like Marty Schottenheimer, a good friend of this show, Dick Vermeule. I mean, they've been there before as a franchise and come up so actively organizingly short. So I was really happy uh, for Chiefs fans, and uh, I'm also happy for reporters who won't have to be on the sidewalks of San Francisco covering a ticker tape parade this week.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And Andy Reid, how about this? Is this the the title he needed, the coveted title to maybe make him a Hall of Famer? Yes. You think so? This was it.
0: The reason I say why, it's very similar here on Blue Rush to the debate everyone's been having with us about Eli, Mm -hmm. the foolish debate. Because you and I have swatted them down like a Dikembe Matumbo block shot. No, no, no. has two, two Super Bowl champions? That's the metric by which we measure everything. And for Andy Reid to finally go out, get one of these on his resume, let's not forget, the guy has 221 wins. As a coach, he's averaged about 10 wins a season, no matter where he's coached. So by any objectionable metric, he's a great coach. Okay, but he was maligned because of the clock management when the Eagles played the Patriots and and they didn't have a great performance down the stretch getting back into the huddle. But this time around, when the money was on the table, he made the right calls. His players didn't let him down and there'll be no denying his trip to Canton. So I'm happy for him. And I like the quote about the wife. This is sweet stuff, Andrew. I
1: love that. When you think about 10 wins a year, how hard that is in today's uh, NFL with all the coach the coaching carousel that goes on and everyone getting fired left and right, it is amazing that that's a stat. And also, don't forget, while it doesn't mean a lot, he did win one with the Packers as their offensive line and tight ends coach in 97, beating the Patriots. So he's beaten the Patriots. He took down the 49ers, two iconic NFL franchises, um obviously the first one doesn't mean as much but still you got to add that to like the bottom of the resume so congrats to Andy Reid he deserves it congrats to Pat Mahomes uh an up-and-coming quarterback who you know gangs all here guest Adam Schein says is the best show in sports and he didn't show it until you know the last seven minutes but at that time he took over and You know, congrats to the Chiefs. That is a passionate city, Jimmy, and a lot of good barbecue and a lot of good ribs, and they were stuffing their face last night. I'm sure bottles were popped. There is no one in Kansas City at work because the first time in 50 years, think about it, as we're talking Gangs All Here meets Blue Rush, the Jets have not won since 69. It's been 51 years, so Jets fans know the Chiefs' pain, and the Chiefs have taken off the board, so maybe this gives some hope to Jets fans for for the coming years to right the wrongs.
0: Here we go, Jets. You guys are on the clock. Let's go track down Kaz uh, before he boards that plane out of Miami. Is he flying with Shakira and J-Lo, I'm guessing?
1: Uh, I don't think there's enough room because there's so much hips and booty. They, they might need the whole plane to themselves.
0: <laughs> well, that's good because I don't know that Kaz could behave himself anyway. There's Tell Kaz there's no tipping on the plane. All right. <laughs> good stuff, guys. Enjoy the rest of the trip down there.
1: All right, Jake Brown here from the Borgata, the moneyline sports book, and joined by Gangs All Here host and Jets beat writer Brian Costello. He is in Miami, about to depart South Beach. Me and Jimmy mentioned that you might be on the plane with Shakira and J Lo, but we thought that you know they they might have their own little jet celebration. Kaz, uh, how you doing, man? How is Miami? How was your week? And what what a game, right?
2: Yeah, it was a long week. You know, often uh, very spread out Super Bowl from a media perspective. Just. A lot, of, a lot of things all over the place, but, uh, you know, good game, exciting fourth quarter to watch. And, you know, I think we, we saw the, the next step in the progression of Patrick Mahomes as becoming you know the best player in football, if he's not that already. Uh, I think he's kind of cemented his status now, winning an MVP last year, and then leading three comebacks for the Chiefs for the last uh, three playoff games. Um, you know, pretty remarkable.
1: Yeah, and he won the MVP, and that was controversial. I'm curious what you think. Didn't you think Damian Williams probably should have took that home, or do you agree with Mahomes?
2: You know, I think if you just look at the stats, you go Damian Williams, but I think if you actually think about it, who are we talking about today? Who's the first person you're talking about? Are you talking about Patrick Mahomes or are you talking about Damian Williams? You know, I think everyone's talking about Patrick Mahomes. Like, right, like, you know, like Damian Williams and, you know, the the touchdown uh, was a pass from Patrick Mahomes earlier in an earlier run by Damian Williams. And – then you know he, he put the cherry on top with the 38 yard run that kind of blew it open. It was a great game. I'm not taking it away from him. But if you're really being honest with yourself, if you're, you had to pick one player this morning for your team, you'd pick Patrick Mahomes. And he was the guy who, you know, he was the most valuable player in, in that game.
1: And it's the sexy name. We get it. So, it's always going to go to the quarterback. And I think that's also part of the – he's the face – one of the faces of the league now. And I think it's a good look for them. And listen, he, you're right. He did have a couple of big-time drives when they needed it most. So, he was clutch. I don't even think it's about being a face Jake. I think if, when when there's a tie, it goes to the quarterback. Like,
2: the quarterback's the most important position in sports. Any sport, right? It's the most important position. So, you know, it's it just, he, he had to orchestrate a lot there. I mean, the third and 15th row, the 44-yard pass to Tyree Hill. So, where I was sitting, because we, we had six people at the game. So, we had three people in the press box, and three of us are in what's called the auxiliary press box, which is basically in the stand. I was in the end zone. Go, They were going away from me, so I could see the play kind of behind it. And I thought he was dead. I thought he was being attacked. And then you see Tyree Hill kind of leap open at the top, and he finds him and just, you know, sort of a beautiful pass to him. It just, that that completely turned the game. I, I thought that, that was the turning point of the game. And, uh, you know, the 49ers weren't stopping him then.
1: Yeah, and as I'm watching here at the Sportsbook, the highlights of the almost Emmanuel Sanders catch, which would have hit me the four receptions over and the over 30, uh, 41.5 receiving yards, two bad beats there. Uh, that was uh, interesting as well. And, you know, I put a little prop of Richard Sherman, MVP, 20 to win 1,600. I would have bought a Kaz Joe Stone crab for life <laughs> if I hit that one, but uh, that was a long shot bet there. Kyle Shanahan, causes uh, is uh, cursed two times in a row. What the heck? I mean, you and, and five of the writers or guys, Serbian, Schwartz, and everyone down there. Were you all scratching your head when he is just leaving timeouts on the board to end the first half and not going for a score?
2: Yeah, yeah, that was bizarre. Um, you know, the only thing I could think of there was they went into the game saying we need to limit the number of possessions that Patrick Mahomes has. And if they took timeouts, they were worried that they were going to give him the ball back before the first half or, or have a turnover, throw throwing and get the ball back. That was the only thing I could really think of there, but it was bizarre. I mean, you know, he, he's pocketing timeouts, and, and, it was, and they they hit a big play. Like, they, they started moving the ball, and then it was just, you know, too
1: late. Yeah, and they moved it, and then they hit that, that offensive, that interference, which I think you would agree he did push off uh, Kittle on that long throw.
2: Yeah, well, you probably saw it better than I did, honestly, Jake, because I, I was in the stand, So I, I saw replays on the scoreboard, and that was it. I didn't get the, I haven't
1: seen the TV broadcast,
2: but I've sure shown a lot of replays on that. So you know, I think it was, it was a little bit controversial, but um, it sounded like people thought it, it, they got it right after watching the replays.
1: And speaking of being there at the game, we talked about me and Jimmy earlier. It, I mean, I, I don't. I assume you're not a huge J.Lo Shakira guy, but how incredible! I mean, from the TV, man, this show was incredible. Uh, what was the feel like in the stadium for the halftime show? It's a major TV production. You know, the cameras have all the right angles. You know,
2: I like. I, I I couldn't really see them, you know. I, they're, they're so small. Like it's it's a stage in the middle of the field, and I'm up in the stands. But it was, you know, I mean, there's a lot of energy in the stands. Uh, people are into it. And, you know, they just really loud. Um, you know, and it's <laughs> funny. The amazing thing to, me to watch is how they get that all that production out there. Like they get the stage built and everything, and like it is clockwork. And they they only have I think I don't know how long the yeah, Super Bowl time is. Mean, it's like 20 minutes or something like that. But they, they do a really great job of just getting them on and getting them off. And then they kind of – it's funny, how they're taking the stage off, the kickers and punters are out there, like, working. And I was watching, like, them punt like, almost hitting the workers, taking the stage off. But uh, it's definitely more of a TV production than, than a, a stadium deal.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure the energy there was nuts. I mean, I tweeted, I mean, if you complained about this halftime show, if you wrote one of those slander or hit pieces, uh, then, then you're just miserable at life. I mean, you just can't because it was just so good, and it had that Miami flair to it. It's definitely Miami. I thought it was
2: very Miami, uh, and I like that when you go places that kind of have a, a local feel to this, the halftime show.
1: Yeah, and I understand why for the international reason. And listen, Bad Bunny and Jay Balvin are great. I mean, they're they're awesome. They, you didn't even need them. I mean, it was so good with just J-Lo and Shakira that I know people were tweeting, oh, we, we should have had some more Miami flair in there. I mean, how much booty and hips can you get on one stage? I mean, that was <laughs> that was enough right there with those two. And I enjoyed a couple more minutes with Brian Costello, host gangs all here with next podcast coming the week of March 9th as uh, we get you ready for NFL free agency frenzy, as I'm sure the Jets Will be busy then. Uh, Andy Reid. Me, me and Jimmy agreed. I think this was what he needed to get a Canton and get in the Hall of Fame. Uh, agree or disagree? Oh, yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's sticks all time in wins. Um, and, you know, that was the whole resume, was not having a championship, and now he's got it. Uh, you know, he had all those great years in Philadelphia, and, you know, they they were the, NCAA, and, and, the NFC championship a lot. You know, they've been, they got to the Super Bowl and lost that close game to the Patriots. Uh, now he's turned. He turned the Chiefs around. I remember the Chiefs were two and fourteen when he got there, he was the number one pick in the draft. So he turned them around in seven years there, where they're, they've been, you know, p- pretty much a perennial p- playoff team the last few years. And now, now they're Super Bowl champions, and he's got a great young quarterback. So who knows how many more wins he's going to get before he calls it quits?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, th- I think everyone's happy for him. And the, the, everyone, see, I haven't heard a bad thing about him. I think people do love him. I mean, you've been covering the game a while. I mean, be, being a guy who's seen the progression and seen the pain he's had to go through from losing teams to almost being there, I mean, this has just got to be a sigh of relief for the guy. Yeah, he's loved. I mean, he has a lot of coaches around the
2: league that worked for him. You know, he's a pretty good coaching tree with Matt Nagy in Chicago, Sean McDermott at Buffalo, was an Andy assistant, Doug Peterson in Philadelphia. Uh, former Jet coach Todd Bowles was an Andy Reid assistant at one point. And they, you talk to those guys, and, and they just – you know, they love Andy. And, and uh, you know, and he had a very public family tragedy when he was a coach of the Eagles with his, when his son died of an overdose. And his other son is on the coaching staff now. Um, he he actually has gone to prison. And, you know, now he's on the coaching staff and wins the Super Bowl with his dad. So uh, just a lot of good storylines of Andy Reid. And I think he saw the Eagles out uh, last night, the picture of Andy Reid. He said, the time is yours, which is, which is what he always says at the beginning of his press conference, and you know, just to see a former team paying tribute to their coach, to a coach who's no longer there, tells you, you know, how highly thought of he is
1: Yeah, and, and you talk about storylines. I've Samantha praviti here. I've I've been telling her, injected into my veins, about gambling all weekend. the over/under of uh, inject storylines into your veins is a <laughs> is a writer, special. you, Vax Serby, uh, doing a great job covering it at nypost.com and in the post. Guys, have a safe flight back. Uh, Thanks for coming on, and uh, you know we'll see you on Gangs All Here in March. All right, Jake. Ready to talk Jets off season now. Oh, baby. Can't wait. All right, as we've said throughout the show, we are here at the Borgata Sportsbook, the Moneyline Sportsbook, in Atlantic City in South Jersey. And joining us now to break down the numbers, where the money went, the prop bets, many that I were hit by that I'll share in a couple minutes, is the Borgata Director of Race and Sports, Tom Gable. Tom, how you doing, man? i'm very
3: well how are you i'm
1: doing okay you know thanks to blackjack I'm, I'm doing okay but the bets weren't great uh but i'm curious how you guys got hit let's start with the game itself where was the money when it comes to chiefs versus Niners? i, know, I assume more people were on the chiefs But what does it look like with you guys
3: oh absolutely uh, the uh game uh we certainly didn't come out uh unscathed uh that game we uh wasn't good results, but good results for the customers, and uh, that's the way it goes sometimes. Um, the The customers beat you sometimes in this business, and um, on a day like the Super Bowl, when it's the biggest betting day, I mean, a lot of people walked out of here flush with cash last night. So, um, the the game itself, we were um, uh, the public was certainly backing the Chiefs here. Uh, we took some bigger bets. Uh, actually, all of our bigger bets were on the Chiefs um, spread and money line. So uh it didn't help that we didn't win any of those and um uh, even uh the first half and second half uh, again uh, we got beat uh people were taking the chiefs and actually the uh, first half was uh really uh ended in a tie we had uh we needed the chiefs in that but they were laying a half point in the first half so uh ended in a tie so wasn't a good result for us there yeah, either.
1: The, I mean, the Niners should have been up if they actually did something instead of just letting the clock pretty much run out there. What about over-under? I know I always say to Samantha here, inject over into my veins. I'm a big over guy. And that game looked nothing close to the over. And then finally, you know, the Niners get the ball back. They're, they're two points from hitting the over because it went down to 52-and-a-half. Yes. There was movement from 55, ended at 52-and-a-half, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And it came very close. And, again, you guys in Vegas always gets it right. Uh, it gets the under. Where, where was it uh, over-under-wise? I assume more people had the over, but what was it?
3: Uh, well, certainly more tickets were written on the over, and that's uh, in general, again, the public looks to back the, uh, back the over. Uh, the sharper money was on the under, and uh, certainly what you saw yesterday, there's a lot of buyback there on the under, so the under kept dropping throughout the day, as you alluded to. Um, really, for us, I mean, that last uh, – possession there by the Niners I, I was just hoping that uh, we some of our props there for the exact outcome we were uh, kind of sitting in a uh, position where if the exact outcome was like a five point or a six point victory on either side that would have cost us probably another six figures so I was just hoping that the uh, the Niners didn't get to uh, a point there where uh, you know where the game stayed was fine with me. We'll take our losses there. All
1: right, you talk props, so let's get into it. Let's get into my bad beats, which could be a whole segment itself. You know, I had <laughs> I'll go with my two wins first, and then go through some of my bad losses. Sure. And uh, you're welcome to the sports book. Listen, I didn't put any money. That some people come in here, we we walked in and someone bet like seven thousand off the bat. We're like, whoa, I don't even have that much money. So like, <laughs> good good on you. Uh, I I hit the Chiefs over half a touchdown in the first quarter. And that really came down to the final 30 seconds. They had it, and then they didn't get it. And I'm like, please, get one yard, and that hit. And then I had on the Borgata Sports app, I had Chiefs win money line, uh, so that won. But here we go. Here's some of the losses for you, Tom, so you could kind of just revel in this. Um, I had the – and I mentioned this before, the Mahomes over 32-and-a-half rushing yards, and he had 44. And listen to this. He went backwards 15 yards on three kneels. Usually you go backwards like – two yards, but because they wanted to eat more clock, he kept going backwards and the cash in my pocket kept going backwards when he went backwards. And that was a big one. I know that was one of the bigger props you guys had. And I originally yep. in the book had it at twenty eight and a half, but there was so much movement mm-hmm. on that it went up to thirty two and a half. And if Correct. it was twenty eight and a half, I would have hit the over, but because a lot of people bet on it, it hit it went up.
3: Yeah, and you're right. You were not alone in uh, feeling that pain. There yeah. was a lot of people who uh, had the uh, over there and that rushing prop. And uh, that was, um, you know, that was definitely a tough beat for for yourself and a lot of others.
1: Was that that was that like the biggest one? I've read somewhere that that might have been the big, the most like bet on player prop bet that over rushing yards because he usually. Gets a lot of those scrambling yards, and he had a 27-yard touchdown run in the playoffs alone. Right. So he's done it on one run alone. So I assume that what, was like one of the bigger ones.
3: Yeah, really. What we saw with Mahomes through the playoffs, uh, with his rushing props uh, for all the playoff games, people were taking the over and cashing. And we, like you said, we opened this I think at 28 and a half, and then it got pushed uh, pushed upward from there. But the uh, the public was always cashing on, on the Mahomes' uh, rushing props there throughout the playoffs. So.
1: And I'm just getting started because uh, uh, Emmanuel Sanders had three catches for 38. I think it was in the third quarter. Had about a quarter and a half to get freaking one catch and four yards. <laughs> and they had the Hail Mary to him that nearly hit. Um, it looked like he stopped running or the defender made a nice play, but one catch and four yards, Tom, away from hitting – Over uh, uh, 41.5 and and over 3.5 receptions. So, again, you guys got that right. I assume a lot of people like that because it seemed low at 3.5. I think it was around plus 120. Um, So, I missed that one. I had uh, Mahomes over 2.5 passing touchdowns, and he had two passing touchdowns, and the one rushing missed that one. Right. Um, I had the over and missed that by two points. I had it at 53.5. Tyree Kill finished with 105. I would have won a nice, like, $233 on the app if he hit 110. He was five yards away from that one. And remember, he had that overturned call, too, that would have hit the over on that. Yes. Um, so the over, you know, I threw a couple MVP bets on Sanders and Sherman just, you know, for fun would have, you know, paid rent if, mm-hmm. if Sherman uh, hit that one. So, you know, Chiefs to win by one to six, I would have hit that Tom, but they had the garbage-time touchdown with Damian Williams. Right. Um, MVP-wise, you know,
3: Damian Williams probably
1: should have won it, but it goes to the favorite
3: Patrick Mahomes. Was
1: there a lot of money on Mahomes for MVP?
3: There was. There certainly was a lot of uh, money on Mahomes for MVP. And um, the the prop, I'll tell you, the prop that really killed us was the first touchdown scorer. Really? Um, and I don't know. Why people were, I mean, a ton of people were on the homes A lot of people were on Garoppolo, and I want to say probably some. I don't know how many people, uh, maybe were kind of betting that out of ignorance of the prop itself, where they were thinking if they passed for it that they would cash that, but actually the prop was simply to be the score, so they would have had to run it in or catch a pass, and. Ended up going in their favor, even if they did bet it out of ignorance. Yeah. Well, but Mahomes uh, so, got the first one. Mahomes right? yeah. got the first one, and uh, I mean that in and of itself. We were down six figures wow. just from that prop, so it was not a good, uh, not a good result on uh, on that one for us. But yeah, everybody was on Mahomes in that one. And
1: you guys didn't have some of the halftime props, and you get why because there's people in the industry who are you know who know what first song Shakira is gonna do or know what first song J Lo is gonna do. Is that something down the road that's happening, or because of those things where industry people? I got a text from someone that an industry source said that She Wolf was going to be the first Shakira song. I think that was. I don't. I don't. I think pretty sure that was her first song. I don't remember exactly. But is that why you guys don't do those kind of bets?
3: Well, the the regulators here in the state of New Jersey, they have not approved any type of those entertainment uh, props. I mean, they they did approve the the color of Gatorade, but again, uh, something like that, the the information. You know, you usually hear by uh, game time what the color is uh, in those cores. So, uh, but, you know, they haven't gotten into the whole National Anthem length or uh, some of those other props you hear about offshore that are, that are always uh, talked about.
1: And it's so funny because I actually spoke to a bartender here that said I've got inside information about the length of the National Anthem it's going to be 1 minute and 50 seconds and i was like that's hilarious i can't even bet that here but
3: that's amazing and then of course we watch it and it hits like a minute 50 seconds to think you'd have you'd have to be very naive to think that there isn't somebody who's in the stadium during sound check there and rehearsals that are uh timing this so i from what i heard was the I believe the first rehearsal, they made her go through it. She went way under whatever the, uh, the total was that uh, they had set there. And then the second time she went through, I think she went over, but uh, I, I don't know. I mean, there's definitely uh, some information that comes out of there after the rehearsals are conducted.
1: Another minute or two here with Tom Gable, the director of uh, Raising sports at the Borgata Sportsbook. We're here at Moneyline Atlantic City, South Jersey um people are surprised we were, we were watching last night that i've never seen an episode of jersey shore uh clearly i'm a new york guy uh I, you know i've interviewed sammy sweetheart never neither. seen the show we before. have that in common yeah we <laughs> <laughs> were your hips not lying last night when shakira was up there how good was that halftime show man it was great
3: I, you know what i didn't actually get to see too much of it we were doing the visa halftime show from here so i was uh, between uh Getting the halftime numbers set up and uh, getting that rolling, and then we had to do the Visa and halftime show. So I didn't really get to see too much. I got to see a little bit in the background, but not, not watch much. the replay later. And I, I got to catch up on the commercials as well—Super uh, Bowl commercials.
1: Um, another minute here. How is it different today versus a regular, you know, NFL Sunday? I mean, obviously there's a lot more money in the Super Bowl, but there's not all these props. There's not all these other things going on. So I imagine the it's a drastic difference in the money put down on an average football Sunday, and the Super Bowl. Do you know what kind? Like, is it millions and millions? Is it nine figures? What does it look like?
3: Sure. I mean, you'll do um, for one game. I mean, this is obviously the most bet game of the year. So, uh, do a couple million in handle on the on the game, and you don't see that in any other game really during the year. Um, you certainly take bigger bets throughout the year on different yeah. games, uh, well into the six figures, but uh, in, in just in terms of the overall volume and the amount of tickets written, and then again the, the prop market just exploded here this year uh, in Atlantic City. I think last year with the being in first Super Bowl in Atlantic City, um, the people maybe were just a little bit uh, – less likely to bet props maybe they weren't as familiar with it but this year i mean we just saw a huge uh, increase in handling the amount of the prop market
1: do you know what the biggest payout was
3: uh, overall for us here yeah um, our biggest bet was 250,000 wow. uh which ended up cashing for the person so. on the chiefs on the chiefs yeah Wow. jeez do you know what the biggest prop was or is it- um uh, we took uh, a few five figure prop bets yeah Two hundred and fifty thousand. So that would have cashed him what like two hundred mm-hmm. thousand? yeah spread? on the money line yeah wow to,
1: to have that kind of money tom i mean <laughs> i would I, I w- probably wouldn't be here i'd probably be in the bahamas on a beach somewhere uh, and then come here and play some more blackjack again tom gable director of uh, race and sports here at the borgata sports book uh had a great time this
3: weekend man love the sports book uh, definitely will be back and appreciate you coming on the show no appreciate it and uh Nice to have you here, and uh, thanks for uh, hanging out.
0: That's it for this joint Blue Rush meets Gangs All Here podcast with the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown for producing both shows this entire NFL season. Listen to all episodes of Blue Rush and Gangs All Here by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Blue Rush and Gangs All Here return the week of March 9th to get you ready for the NFL free agency frenzy. Thanks for joining us all season long, folks. We'll see you in March.